and I think that's that's what I see all too often is people stop moving and you just you can't stop moving you know these bodies are made to move and, and be active and mm-hmm. um, discover these these new and exciting things and um, so yeah just just do a little bit of activity every day um, even if just going for a walk outside and um, your body will treat you well the life in motion podcast is brought to you by actual outdoors they help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 110 of Life in Motion. I've got Mark and Sarah Pennewitt with me, who are the ones behind Mobility Duo. Their mission is to use their knowledge as a doctor of a physical therapy and a yoga instructor to educate snowboarders in their body so that they can ride until they're 70 years old. Now, that sounds pretty good to me, so I'm excited to learn how they do that. Mark and Sarah, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank for thanks for having us. We're excited to yes. be here. Yes. Yes, I'm excited um, to, to learn more about what you're doing by, you know, after, you know, checking out your Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, definitely. Definitely really interested, but especially the seven-year-old aspect. I, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, let's start with kind of um, your your um, individual background stories, you know, where you're from, where you grew up, kind of how you got, you know, on this on this path in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would Question. you like to go first? Go for it. Okay. So I, gosh, I started yoga when I was in high school. It was offered as a PT or as a elective in high school. And so I took it. And once I took it the first time, I just kept taking it every year after every semester after. And I just fell in love with it. And then when I was 18, I had some buddies ask if I wanted to go on a snowboarding uh, trip. And I was like, I I, I don't think I even knew what snowboarding was, to be honest. I had no no idea because I grew up without TV or internet or anything. So I was very out of the loop. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go. So I bought a very old janky Craigslist snowboard setup. And I learned that weekend, it was like three days of just feeling like I got hit by a bus. (laughs) And honestly, like yoga and hot tubs and everything else just saved me, you know, my body from it. And then from then on, I've just always... I mean, I've just always had my own yoga practice that I've loved. And when I finally went to my yoga teacher training, when I came back, my intentions were to teach yoga in high school, like how I found it, so I could continue that. Um, But then the pandemic happened and I started putting out certain yoga moves for everything that I do. So like uh, hiking and rock climbing and snowboarding and everything and the one that was most asked for was snowboarding. Everyone was like, more snowboarding, more snowboarding. And so eventually I was like, okay, well, then I'm just going to create yoga moves just for snowboarders. And then it just kind of took off from there. That's it. And, and I'm sorry, I might have missed it, but where did you grow up again? Oh, I grew up in Dallas, Oregon, and okay. I was homeschooled all the way until high school. So that's why I was so... Um, naive about <laughs> everything in the world yeah. so i had no idea what snowboarding was until high school no that's awesome it's it's cool that um 
that yoga was an elective in uh, in high school for you too. We didn't yeah. have any fun electives like that um, yeah. or any different electives like that yes. uh, when it came to that. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And so that's kind of, uh, I am also a licensed high school health teacher, but I haven't been practicing since the pandemic happened. And so that was my, originally my goal was to put yoga with my high school health. And so I would be able to offer electives because that's the way I found it. And honestly, yoga has saved me so many times mentally and physically. And so I wanted to be able to start kiddos off with that early on and have that be something that they could use as a tool in their own lives. Um, but, you know, life took a different direction and now we're hitting a bigger audience. And what I think is really cool is that so many snowboarders just wreck themselves over and over again, physically, mentally, whatever. And so to be able to meet that demographic and try to get them to be able to do what they love as long as possible is just where our new passion lies, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, you know, when when I think of yoga and I'm sure when other people think of yoga, you know, they wouldn't necessarily connect, you know, prolonging another activity with that, at least, or maybe that's just me being naive, but I think that I, that idea and that concept is really, um, really awesome. And then, but to go back, so after, or once you got your first taste of, of snowboarding, um, like I said, I've been once, but I do remember that train wreck feeling afterwards, yeah. um, my wrist and, and my butt were very yeah. sore. Um, couldn't really figure out how to slow down till the very end of it. But anyways, um, <laughs> so, but what was it about that? Cause obviously you, you still love snowboarding. You help people that way. What was it about kind of that sport, you know, that, that, um, that I guess gravitated to you and you mentioned some other outdoor activities as well, but what was it specifically about that sport that's like kept you wanting to be involved with that kind of over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I think it's at first it's so difficult to understand and then something clicks it could be the tiniest thing it could be a carve and you're like oh that's how you do it and then you're like okay like what else can i unlock you know it's like you're yeah. unlocking a, it's, it's so difficult and it wrecks you so hard but then once you unlock something, it allows you to unlock another thing. And then you just see yourself continuously grow and progress. And you see that transition. And that I think, to me was the addicting aspect. I was like, well, and the adrenaline, I love adrenaline. I feel like anybody <laughs> who does these kind of um, outdoor sports that are high intensity, like you have to have some adrenaline addiction. So um, there's that aspect too, but I think mostly it's just seeing that progression. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That, that totally makes sense. Um, and, and I can relate to that with some of the other activities I do like riding BMX and that kind of stuff. So, yep. um, that, that totally makes sense. Uh, when I was younger, I probably should have thought about the whole yoga aspect too, to help, yeah. you know, help, help me as I'm getting older, but you know, maybe I'll, I'll put some thought into that now, but, um, Mark, what about you? Yeah. So, I mean, just before I jump into that, I think, um, for example, surfing and yoga have been intertwined for quite a while. Um, and you see a lot of these older gentlemen and women surfing until they're gray haired and bushy tailed. So, 
Um, and granted, like surfing may be lower impact, but I do think there has been a, a connection there for a while. And um, I don't think it's like out of the ordinary that it's transferring well to snowboarding. Um, for some reason, there's just this uh, kind of meditative state that you get in like these board sports and this flow and presence. So um, I think that's one one reason why it's caught on so well. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. There. Yeah, yeah, no, that. No, that, that does make sense, especially, you know, when you when you mentioned kind of that flow state of mind with those any of those sports, really. Um, and obviously that correlates with the yoga as well. So, um, no, that's definitely a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, in regards to my origin story, um, gosh, I've been on a lot of paths. Um, I, I, too, grew up in a small farm town, um, probably like 35 minutes from Sarah around mm-hmm. Salem, Oregon. Um, it's a little town called Turner. There's not much there. But uh, my uh, parents bought a little hobby farm there, and I grew up on a ginseng and grass seed farm growing up. Um, and my brother was the one that got me into snowboarding. You know, I, was, I think he's like seven years older than me. And um, we used to go skiing like once or twice a year. And I think I was like 15, 16. I just wanted to try it. It was the same, mm-hmm. similar uh, story as Sarah. Just, you know, self-taught, landing on your butt, wrist hurt, butt mm-hmm. hurts. Um, but just, you know, hooked from day one. Um, my parents, unfortunately, weren't like ski bums and they didn't grow up with that. So my mom lived in Colorado for a short period and we'd go up, like I said, like one to three times a year, um, but just loved it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, in regards to pursuing physical therapy, that was a long like journey. Um, you know, I found like weightlifting courses in high school and I would do that and then lived with my... Uh, my cousin one summer before college and he was like a ex power lifter. And so he just like, I'd go landscape working and then come home exhausted and he'd be like, let's go to the gym, <laughs> you know, and I'd follow this guy and he'd show me what to do, what not to do. He'd point at people that were like, had poor form. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> um, and just kept pushing me and really instilled this like discipline and passion for movement um, and the human body and what it's capable of. Um, and I really, I just kind of hooked onto that and have kept that ever since. Um, I'm one of the people that, uh, I, I get the endorphins after I exercise. Um, and it's very, very addictive, um, addicting, I guess is the right word. Um, I know some people don't get that, you know, with long distance running and exercise and, but, um, I have found great benefits from movement, uh, for a long time now. Um, I ended up studying business in college. Worked as an underwriter afterwards, traveled for quite a while, um, three years abroad, studied or uh, taught English. When I came home, um, decided that physical therapy was the path for me. They just had, uh, you know, a sweet lifestyle. It was it was very fulfilling. Um, I could take it multiple places on my own business, and there was a degree of autonomy that I really enjoyed. And then, uh, yeah, the the pandemic hit. Uh, Sarah and I were, were, uh, kind of just sitting down at our honeymoon and trying to figure out like, what do we want to do? Um, yeah. and I remember like sitting around the table or dining room table, trying to like think of, of, uh, names. company names. And we, had this, <laughs> we have this paper just of like dozens of names or there's a bunch that are scratched out and just scribbles. And, um, you know, you, you do that, like you go on 
whatever GoDaddy or whatever that website's mm-hmm. called and you See look what's up available. yeah what's available and mobility duo just sounded it just just sounded right you know mm-hmm. it was catchy um it was short, short enough to remember um it really encompassed like what we do like mm-hmm. mobility is movement you know i think it's defined in so many different ways but ultimately it means movement um and that's what we bring to the table we bring uh varying degrees of movement and and practices and whatever that may be so um yeah it just it just went from there and we've been grinding ever since you know i was working in clinic full-time 40 50 hours a week and then i'd come home and work on the this business Mm -hmm. and sarah was doing the same and eventually it got to the point where we had the opportunity to move to to bend and kind of our dream destination um and uh kind of be in the in the midst of the snowboarding world and just kind of go for it all in mm-hmm. so um that's where we are now and a lot of things have happened uh positive like incredible things that you know i could never have imagined yeah. being where we're at within a year and a half mm-hmm. um we've gotten very lucky and we're very fortunate i'm appreciative of opportunities that have been brought uh, upon us yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's that's awesome so so coming up with with the idea you know from based on you know your your both of your backgrounds, you know, that makes sense. Um, but starting it obviously during a, a pandemic also was something that is, um, you, I, I think probably ideally you'd like to be around people to do that. Um, what kind of, what was that like as far as, you know, fi- you know, figuring out that, you know, starting something during, uh, something as, as the P word, um, and yeah. kind of being able to obviously grow in that same sense to where you are today during that time. Do you know what? Can I answer this one? Sure. To be honest with you, Jeremy, I think we wouldn't have started it if it wasn't for the P word. Okay. Because we had jobs and we had like Mark just graduated from his doctor's program. Like we had other things, but when the pandemic happened, Mark just graduated from his program. I, all of my jobs are service-based like yoga, massage therapy, personal training, And so they were non-essential. And so when that happened, we kind of lost everything. We had to move back in with his parents, which was awesome. We loved living there. And it gave us all the freedom to be able to start this. And I I don't think if that would have, if that didn't happen, there would have been nothing to put, to make us go online, if that makes sense. Like we realized like, okay, well, we don't have anything else. What do we do now? How do we move forward? How do we make something out of nothing? Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it, we would have done it if it wasn't for the pandemic. That makes sense. And it kind of gives you, you know, you have to look at things through a different perspective in that sense, you know, something that is sort of, um, you know, service based in that sense, how to, how to translate that online. Yeah. Um, so, so when you, when you did that, I mean, was it, I, I guess, walk me through sort of a little bit of like the, the process, you know, was it, was it just posting videos? Was it hosting like lives? Like how did you, um, help, help kind of spread the word in that sense and actually, you know, obviously help people in the same, in the same time. Yeah. So essentially, um, this has been a work in progress since mm-hmm. day one. Um, I think like most people, uh, with most businesses, you, you kind of, uh, quote unquote, fake it till you make it um, to a degree. And you're learning day after day after day. So 
we didn't know what we were doing no. when we were starting. Obviously, we have our skills, our trades, our expertise, and we're trying to translate that to an audience um, online that, you know, pretending that people know absolutely nothing about their bodies um, and trying to make that and develop that in a way that will stick, that's catchy, that they can understand um, and putting humor mm -hmm. in, in, into it you mm -hmm. know, quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely developed, uh, it's trial and error. Absolutely. Like some, some days, um, our education does really well. Some days it doesn't do well. Sometimes our reels do really well. People mm -hmm. love it. Other times they don't do well. So it's really, you know, examining, um, what it is works. working, what it, what are people interested in? We, we respond to every direct message that someone sends us. We, are often asking our audience what what would they like to learn, um, and that's another big factor. Mm -hmm. Is we try to provide value mm -hmm. to our audience. We are constantly battling with um, how is this going to benefit us versus how will this benefit the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think the latter is where we always need to keep our mindset mm -hmm. because in that case we will always continue to grow. I think that's the mistake many influencers, if that's what you want to call us, or um, uh, online businesses mm -hmm. make mistake-wise is they switch their narrative to how is this going to benefit us? How many followers can we get? How much money can we get? Me, me, me. Me, me, me versus how is this going to benefit my customer base? What would they want? Mm -hmm. um, what is going to keep them coming back? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a continued journey that we, we – um, are kind of uncovering fighting every day mm -hmm. yeah and that makes sense i mean you you know you provide that value first and and all the good things will come with it you know eventually um you know sooner rather than later so that's definitely a good uh mindset and perspective to have and it's a uh, and it's interesting kind of hearing you know your different t testing and know okay some days this does well some days this does and vice versa but figuring mm -hmm. out how to adapt and kind of overcome those um to continue to provide that value yeah. So, yeah. so when, it, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say it's really coming from both of us were never really online much before this. So it's been really a learning process and like kind of like what Mark was saying. And sometimes it comes in flows. So, like, we'll go through moments, weeks, or months of like creativity and like, oh, I'm so excited about showing them this move and this will help and blah, blah, blah. And this is funny and that. And then you go through other waves where it's down and it's just like, man, I have no idea what to do right now. <laughs> like, it's just ebbs and flows. And I've, I've heard many other creators talk about this where it's like you go through waves of just, you don't even know what you're going to put up tomorrow. You kind of lose a little bit of... Um, creativity but then it always comes back yeah yeah that, ma that makes that makes sense you know it always comes back and if you keep doing it every day you know that that spark will happen again totally. um that that consistency is is definitely key so when it comes to i, I don't know if curriculum is the right word for this or not but i'm going to use the word curriculum as okay. as far as you know you know figuring out what what different aspects of your expertise correlate the best with snowboarding what is that like is it I guess how how technical does that get like as far as like the whole process of figuring out okay you know this mm -hmm. 
this pose or this whatever matches with, you know, how you stand on this on a snowboard or vice versa? Mm -hmm. Like, what is what is that like? That's a great question. Personally, I when I'm out doing the sport. So like in the winter season, it's so much easier for me to think of movements because I'm actually snowboarding versus in the summer. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that was like, a th you know, so like when I'm out doing the activity, I'm like, I think of all these muscle groups that I'm feeling. And then when I get home and I go to the mat, I kind of reenact those muscle groups engaging, if that makes sense. So like it's by moving and continuously doing the practice ourselves that we're able to come up with these things to share. Okay. Yeah. That, that think, makes sense. Yeah. The Sorry. other thing is I think, um, no, you're fine. Sarah, Sarah and I have a, a very good understanding of biomechanics and human anatomy. Um, so we understand that's how our, our lens mm -hmm. is towards the world is, you know, me personally, I'm always examining someone's gait, like how they're walking. I'm seeing like their posture. That's just what I do naturally. And that's what Sarah does as well. Mm -hmm. So we're able to put our, ourselves in their shoes and see like what Sarah is saying, like what muscles are being activated? How is the, the joint moving at this, this point? And, you know, at the end of the day, an injury is an injury is an injury. Movement is movement is movement. But that can be translated to any athlete in any sport. Snowboarding just, just happens to be ours. Mm -hmm. Now, this is, um, you don't really get in school. You don't get trained to specialize in any specific area. All of this stuff is done after the fact. Um, and there's not a huge uh, industry for this specialty kind of mm -hmm. um, health professional that just focuses on this sport. specific sport. So mm -hmm. in another way, like this is all in, in some ways like uncharted territory. So we're, we're having to develop these things as we go along. Um, but yeah, just to answer your question, like that's kind of how we view these movements and these exercises. We have to sit down and talk about, okay, if we are rotating to the left, like what is being activated? We're extending mm -hmm. our left you know glute we're you know rotating our thoracic spine leading with our shoulder like there's just so many different factors involved mm -hmm. um but that's the fun part mm -hmm. yeah getting to come up with that and it sounds like there's quite a bit of probably um overlap and opinions almost between you know your two expertises you know or you know where they they work together in that sense um mm -hmm. to kind of build the ultimate um you know uh stretch or movement or, or whatever uh you know to to you know, get that success and see that success. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't see it, but Sarah and I just fist bumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, Sarah. Oh, no, I, I agree. I mean, what's cool. I once, um, I once was talking to, to a friend about like, oh, it's so frustrating. I, I strength train, but then I'm also trying to keep my flexibility and I feel like I'm playing tug of war between the two. And he made a really good point. And he was like, well, isn't that what mobility is, is range of motion and strength at the same time? And I was like, yeah, it absolutely is. And so it's cool that Mark is so focused and passionate about the strength side and i'm so focused and passionate about the kind of flow and uh i hate saying flexibility i i know yoga has such a um i don't know people see it as just flexibility to me it's not that at all it's just movement and breathing 
And so that's what I have my passion towards. And so when you put them together, you have this perfect combination of mobility. And then you add that to our passion, which is snowboarding along with other sports. Like we love soccer. We love rock climbing, mountain biking, trail running. Like we just love being active, but snowboarding is just our, our main love and our main focus. So yeah, it really comes together nicely. That's awesome. So, so that brings me to another question, kind of, you know, when you, you know, started putting the content out there and kind of showing these different things, what was like the initial feedback from the snowboarding community? Was there anybody that was like, kind of like hesitant of like, oh no, I don't have to, you know, do this to, you know, do that or vice versa, or, or did people kind of seem to, to make sort of that obvious connection sort of right away? I think most people are pretty um, thankful, actually. A lot of people are like, wow, thank you so much for doing this. Like you guys are doing this, the community, a great service, which is really cool because honestly, snowboarders are a very, typically a very um, rowdy bunch. Yeah. Like they could be <laughs> a little uh, hooliganness. And I love that about that culture. Like I love the snowboarding culture and their like screw society mentalities. Um, but so we never knew, we didn't know how it really was going to go. We have a lot of people who are very like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then we have some people who are like, you know, I can do all of my snowboarding stuff without yoga. And I'm like, great, more power to you. I'm never going to force you to do this. (laughs) You know, like this is here for anyone who needs it. But if you feel like you don't need it, I'm not going to make you eat the, you know, you can only bring a horse to water. You can't make them drink. That's a good segue, Jeremy. Like, you know, I've talked about this in the past, but snowboarding is such a young sport that you're getting this generation that started maybe in the eighties. Now they're getting a little bit, they're not a little bit, but they're a lot older. They want to continue and they need to, they can't treat their bodies like they're 18, 20 years old anymore. Um, it takes time to recover. And so they are pursuing a healthier or a variety or different lifestyle to be able to continue pursuing this passion of theirs. You're also seeing this old mentality of snowboarders that used to party and, you know, get wasted and then go out and just, you know, hit massive booters. And um, that's changing, you know, it still exists in in many ways, Mm -hmm. but you're also seeing this, this shift to a healthier lifestyle, to longevity, to performance, because let's let's like, at the end of the day, if you're trying to perform now at the X games at the Olympics, these guys are not just rolling out of bed as They're props athletes. and going yeah. up uh, and winning gold medals. These guys, like Scotty James, are training in the off season. They're doing yoga. They're seeing fitness professionals and, and sports scientists to elevate their game to be able to be at the top of the podium. Mm-hmm. You, you know? have to. Everything's just too big these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Like every trick, every feature, you have to basically put your body and your life on the line because it's just massive to be able to be the best anymore. So you, you kind of, the sport itself has elevated into where you have to be a serious athlete to be able to compete. And there's always the outliers. There's always the naturally gifted who just are better when they're high or when they're drunk or when they're hungover, you know, like there's always that argument that we hear on uh, the bomb hole shout out to the bomb hole. Love that podcast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so there's always those outliers, but for the majority, like if you want to last in this sport, you do have to take care of yourself because you can get wrecked pretty quick. Yeah. 
That makes sense. And and sort of to that point as well, I mean, I, I would assume that there's not really, uh, what am I, how am I trying to say this? That, you know, it, it's not too late to start this. You know, you don't have to start, you know, being kind of conscious about this thing, you know, if you're, you know, 14 years old and just getting into snowboarding versus, you know, if you're 40 or 50 yeah. or whatever, that yeah. as soon as you start doing, you'll, you'll probably see kind of those benefits right away, right? Oh. Or not right away, yeah. but you sort of know what I mean. Well, oh, there's, 100%. there's no time like the present. Like, it, I mean, what is, what is wishing that you could go back and do it over? Like there's, what's the point of doing that? You can't. So just start today. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And you know, there's, there's no reason not to, especially if it's got to, got to benefit you. So being able to see that those perspectives and, um, and, you know, even if your, your goals and aspirations aren't to, uh, you know, be on the podium, yeah. uh, you know, you might still love it as same. So you can still, you know, treat your, your body for your love for the sport in a sense, the same way that, you know, the professional athletes do. So, totally. and that's a really good point to bring up. Our demographic is not to work with pros. Like we have worked with pros and they're fun and it's cool, but our demographic is to reach the people who are like us, the people who go up to the mountain once or twice a week, maybe like the weekend warriors who are getting a little bit older, starting to feel their body. And when I say getting older, I, I'm not old by any means, but like, you know, late twenties, early thirties and up where we're like, okay, we feel this now. We need to start taking care of ourselves. <laughs> it would be great if we could reach the younger population. But honestly, typically the younger population don't feel the aches and pains that we're talking about quite yet. So they're like, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. You know, or they, Some of them do. Some of them are yeah. like, yeah, I need this. I want to create this lifestyle. But it's also, it's just a harder population for us to reach. Whereas the people who are coming to us usually are already like, Ooh, I feel this. Like, what can I do to not feel this? <laughs> so that's, that's typically the people that we work with are weekend warriors that are late twenties and beyond. We do see a lot of younger population though. I think the bigger factor for them is performance. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, like progressing their tricks and their, uh, their, you know, ability to snowboard effectively and well on the mountain. Um, but yeah, just to clarify, we do see quite a bit of younger. We do, well. but our main population is like, if we look at our statistics on our page or, um, the people who are interacting with us sure. or the people who are using us for, um, memberships or for one-on-one -on -one trainings, they're all usually thirties and weekend warriors. And to be fair, when I was younger, I kind of had the same, you know, an invincible mindset to the same, you know, extent. Oh, it does. I, I can do this. I'm mm -hmm. young kind of kind of deal. So, uh, you know, that in that regard, that that makes sense as well. But it's cool to hear that you are kind of um, getting through sounds like a little uh, too serious of a word, but getting through to uh, to the younger audience, too, because, you know, that that helps, you know, you know, those are going to be the next generations of kids that are having kids and then kind of totally. kind of evolves that way. So, you know, making the making the sport kind of healthier and, and and the longevity of it, because I mean, how cool would it be, you know, to use what you have on, on Instagram, you know, 70 years old or whatever, and you're snowboarding with your grandchildren, like how like that would be awesome. Um, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so that's that's super cool. So, so to that point is have you had like any like specific like 
like really like surprising success stories or like anybody that's just like, you know, had any like just feedback. Like, obviously, I'm sure you get feedback all the time, but uh, or positive feedback all the time. But anything that's like really, really surprised you? You know, that's like the biggest. I always say that's the biggest paycheck we could ever get is when people reach out and say, like, I've been doing Snoga for this long and it's completely changed every like the, that those kind of messages is just it keeps us going. It's the reason we do it. Um, there's so many. I can't really just pick one. I have one girl who's been a Snoga member for a while. Snoga is yoga for snowboarders. If I don't think we've talked about that yet, but we coined Snoga and we actually got it trademarked, which is really cool. Oh. Um, yeah, really cool. And that is awesome. we just found out it, it was like a year ago that we w- went for it and we just found out that it got approved. So that was really exciting. But uh, we had one girl in Snoga who has been through multiple surgeries. Uh, just, I don't know. She's, she's been through the ringer and, uh, when she found us, she just came back from a back surgery and she's young. Like she's in her thirties. And, um, before practicing Snoga, she was unable to do so many things like moving was painful and frustrating and, you know, a little bit disappointing. But then she started practicing snoga and just small movements here and there. And I always told her, I was like, you know, just do what you can. And on movements that are too much, just go into child's pose, take a break. And then when you see a movement that comes up that you can do again, pop up and try it out. You know, just test your body. Use these movements as body tests. And um, she wrote us this long thing that was saying that, it completely changed everything for her. Like she was excited about movement again. She was, she saw kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel because movement was not painful anymore. It was becoming more accessible. So it's stuff like that. That's really like just the whole reason we do it. That's awesome. And that, that actually brings me a, a, a good thought. I mean, cause you know, obviously thinking about the physical benefits is, a little more obvious, but what you said almost, there's a, a big mental benefit as well. Um, just getting that, that comfort level back up um, on multiple different ways. So so it's it's cool that it kind of combines both the mental and the physical aspect to, to kind of, you know, help everything, you know, probably in, in her daily life as well, not just, you know, went on the board. Absolutely. Like I've, I've said this, I was actually just talking about this with a friend today. Uh, when I went to my yoga teacher training, I thought yoga was 90% physical and maybe 10% mental. And when I left my teacher training, I thought the opposite. It's 90% mental and 10% physical. So I love, 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 love to reel people in with like, hey, move your body because it's good for your body. But then they don't even know, and I love to sneak this in. The, pe- the people who come to my uh, live <laughs> classes, they know because I love meditation. But I want them more so to benefit from the mental aspects of yoga because it's not just movement. It's breathing. It's meditation. It's self-discovery. It's self-confidence building. It's everything altogether. And when you're able to give that to yourself, you perform better, not just 
at your sport, but in life. You, you're a better person out in the environment. You're a better person at your work. You're, uh, you, I don't know, you're just able to put into the world rather than maybe feeling alone in it. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Um, and you know, and, and being able to, to see that and get that feedback as well that, you know, what, what you already know, these other people are experiencing and, and understanding that as well. Um, so, uh, you, you mentioned the snow gun, I guess I didn't really ask about the different, you know, as one of your programs, what are some of the, the other kind of specific program, uh, programs that you, that you have available? Yeah. So our main or most popular program is definitely Snoga. Um, and that actually incorporates a few different things. So Sarah does, um, two hour long live classes per week and there's a database for, I, I think we're close to a hundred other classes. And then I started doing 30 minute hit based workouts every week. Um, so that's included. And then we also, um, talk to a, or work with a, uh, sports dietitian who has, um, an example diet plan that it's available, um, for members, but our other, uh, probably big program is our shred program. And it's a program that I developed 12 week hit based workout, um, specifically for snowboarders, but anyone can use it. Um, that incorporates uh, a couple of workouts per week, yoga, meditation, um, and plyometrics um, for a 12-week period. So that's probably our, our other most popular program. Yeah, and hearing you say that, it sounds really similar, but how it's different is Snoga membership is like a monthly membership, like a gym, and you have access to like all the classes, the lives, the diet plan, everything like that, whereas the Shred 2.0 is just a one-time purchase and it is all self-guided. So it's all these videos that are pre-made. There's a tracking, what do you call that? Like a... Just like an Excel. Yeah, like an Excel tracker that's like very, very well done. Mark put a lot of time into that. And then you just go through the program on your own time. And uh, yeah, so it's a little bit different, but... Oh. And then I also... Yeah, I also created an ebook on like robust knees and essentially I wanted it to be a program that people could, it's a lot of education on like why you do these movements, the anatomy, how to progress, where to start. Um, so people can really take control themselves and, and um, be proactive about progressing themselves appropriately, where to start. And then I have um, a kind of, 12 to 14 week plan that I make for them. They all have pictures with uh, exercises, all specifically for strengthening the soft tissue and muscle musculature surrounding the knee above and below the knee as well. Um, and that was my goal with it. It's not as popular just because I don't think people really know about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, really wanted to give people, empower people to feel confident with creating their own workout plan and understanding the science of why. What's going on with their knee. Yeah, they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, our other program is a dynamic warm-up. Um, and essentially, we wanted to create a dynamic warm-up uh, for people in the parking lot to incorporate their snowboard uh, just to get their bodies moving, muscles warm, blood flowing. Um, it's like five to seven minutes. And we take them step-by-step step through a series of movements. Mm -hmm. um, and I also give them a PDF on what's being worked out, why, why they're doing it. Um, and then they're utilizing the snowboard in each of the movements. Um, so yeah. 
That's that's cool. And it's cool to be able to kind of incorporate the board with that as well. And and I love that you add in the um, why you're doing this type mm-hmm. of deal because you know, this, you know, maybe it's something that is sim or seems simple, and you're not really. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything or whatever. But you know, you're explaining the purpose behind it. Maybe that's not the case, but um, it, it, it's cool to be able to tie that all together. So. Um, so, so one, one thing I always like to ask our guests is kind of one piece of advice for our listeners. And I'm now answer this as if you all are not already an online source and they cannot go find you, which they will after this. But, um, if somebody, if the internet wasn't a thing and somebody came up to you and they were trying to figure out a way to kind of take a step in that direction where, you know, they know they have all these aches and stuff, but they obviously still really love the sport or the activity or whatever. Like, where's that, where's that like first starting point to kind of, um, you know, get their, get their feet wet, get in kind of a routine and kind of, you know, in that right direction to, um, you know, have that longevity. Oh gosh, that's a great question. I love the word you said routine. Cause I think everything in this life is just us being in routine. And so I think what I've told friends and um, close ones to me is just put a mat out and have it live in your house. So don't ever roll it up. It just lives in one spot. And every time you pass it, just do a quick little movement, you know, like do a little stretch. Well, I mean, that's cause that's my expertise is the mat work. That's my go-to. And so also be always have the mindset of a kid almost learning you want to explore you want to experience you want to grow like oftentimes as we get older we get really comfortable and we just want to sit and read or watch tv but whatever to unwind but i really like to encourage people to keep exploring their bodies you know like when you get on the mat don't worry if the pose is right or wrong or if it is even a thing just move just see what your body can do see what it feels like when you go to the side or when you put your leg up, like just always be curious and always keep a mat out. I like the, I like the mat, um, idea. Cause then, then it's always kind of top of mind whenever you walk by it. And, and like you said, you know, you, you have to build that routine and build that habit to, you know, see, see the results and get the benefits. You know, it's not something that's got a, a one and done type of deal. So, Absolutely. um, do you have anything Absolutely. to add to that? Yeah, I think, um, I would just say in most things in life, just keep it simple. Um, that could be with finances, that could be with uh, relationships, that could be with uh, exercise. I think in today's day and age, there is a lot of information um, out there on the internet and it's very overwhelming. Um, it, you don't know, especially if you are unfamiliar with the human body and and exercise science, what to believe. Um, Because unfortunately, um, aesthetics sell. So the the biggest, most beautiful person in the room uh, does does really well on social media right now, even if they don't have the qualifications or the knowledge. Um, But I I think it's just keep it simple and just get started. Um, And then like Sarah said, um, keep an open mind, learn along the way, what works, what doesn't work. Because at the end of the day, we all have human bodies, but are these, these bodies respond to 
different stimulus, you know, mm-hmm. um, what works for one person may not work for another person. Mm-hmm. And it takes trial and error. Um, and I think that's the, that's the biggest factor is just get started. Even that, if, you know, if that's just going for a walk, um, if that's your fitness journey, um, just start with a simple walk. And I think the other thing for me is what I see quite a bit is these, these complex human bodies are, are incredible in nature and um, they adapt to situations. Mm-hmm. And what I see all too often is maybe an athlete um, who is extremely active in high school, early 20s, they, you know, whatever ha- life happens, they stop moving um, for a period of, you know, let's say three to 10 years. And, you know, all of a sudden they want to get back into it. But now they have these aches and pains and they're trying to, they Cardio. see the world as they were and they're 18, 20 years old. And it's just not working the same way. And, you know, it's just, it's baby steps and these, these bodies will adapt. Um, if you just give it time and do it the right way and, and pursue it with consistency and routine. Um, and I think that's, that's what I see all too often is people stop moving and you just, you can't stop moving. You know, these bodies are made to move and, and be active and mm-hmm. um, discover these, these new and exciting things. And, um, so yeah, just, just do a little bit of activity every day. Um, even if just going for a walk outside, and, um, your body will treat you well. I, I'd also like to add to that, that we are so much more resilient than we think. You know, people are like scared to lift or to do anything on their own because they might injure themselves. But as you just listen to your body and go through the normal progression of weight or load or what's placed upon you, your body, like Mark said, can adapt to anything. Like you're seeing all these, um, uh, all these professionals now talking about, you know, your spine doesn't have to be in a neutral position to lift. Whatever position you're in, you're training your body as long as you do a progression load on it to where it's, you know, start really small, slowly build. You can train your body to do whatever you want it to do. And so just knowing that our bodies are resilient. They can come back from a lot. They can come from nothing and go so far. And so just trusting, like Mark said, just trusting the process and staying uh, on top of it, staying continue, continuous. Is that the word I'm trying to say? Continuous? Consistent. Consistent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That No, that's all all excellent advice to kind of stick with it, baby steps, all that stuff, and, and not be discouraged about um, – you know, different things because of that resilient resiliency. See, I can't speak either. Um, so, uh, no, that's awesome. So to that point, where can people find you online to, you know, see what you're actually up to? Um, you know, if they want to get involved in your programs or or your book or any of that kind of stuff, where, where's the best places, places to find them, find you. So www.mobilityduo.com just one word. And then um, we're very, very active on Instagram. So at mobility duo. Um, and then we are also on YouTube, but not as active uh, at, at mobility duo, mm-hmm. as well as TikTok. So all of the major social media platforms, but our website um, has a bulk um, you know, of everything we've talked about today. And um, you can find all of that, you know, merchandise, programs, Contact us through email. Um, movement consultations. Movement consultations. I still see people on the side, although it's um, my schedule is getting busier and busier. Yeah. <laughs> I still enjoy the the patient care aspect. You know, even that's just personal training um, or whatnot. So, um, 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone definitely make sure you check them out. Um, you know, maybe you'll, you'll learn some tips or, or, you know, whether it's snowboarding or maybe you can apply it to another sport or whatever, or at least get some motivation there. Um, but I appreciate you all taking your time to share your story, um, sharing some insight of, you know, where to get started and everything. Um, and I, uh, wish you all the best of the luck. Thank, Thank you. you. So much. Thank you we so much appreciate for having it. us. Yeah. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.